Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Finance is serious. Doesn't mean you cannot have fun doing it if you can gamify it in some way. And the more you spend time with your numbers, the more you spend time being comfortable with money and what profit means, you will definitely change the world and just how you do that. My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out create the influence, income and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and super excited to be here today with Wendy Brookhouse, who is going to talk to us about all things finances. She knows how to find, keep and grow your wealth. She's a certified financial planner with an executive MBA and she's the author of Burn Your Budget, How to Spend Your Way to Financial Freedom. So I'm really looking forward to today's conversation and welcome to the show, Wendy. Thank you so much, Samantha. So happy to be here. I'm super excited to talk about this because I think that this is a topic or a conversation that many coaches sort of put their head in their sand about because you know, they just want to serve, they want to do good things and they want to do all the fun stuff and maybe not so much some of the financial stuff. And I've said fun and financial separately, even though I'm someone that loves to pull apart reports because when you start to pull apart numbers, you realize it actually is fun. It is like a bit of a game. Mm. But most of my listeners will know, and I've talked about it a lot, that I was one of those people that did put my head in the sand for such a long time because numbers, they scared me because I didn't understand what they meant. I didn't understand how they worked. Mm -hmm. So can you start off by talking about how fears impact our finances? Because like, let's just like pull up the rug, shine a light in there and get right in. I think of money as the big elephant in the room. You know, that whole thing we talk about we'll talk about the elephant, but we won't talk about the money or the numbers. And I think a lot of the times that's been ingrained since we were children, where we wasn't polite to talk about money. It wasn't polite to do those things. And so sometimes that translates through to today where we're like afraid to talk about our money and our numbers because that's just not what you do. Mm. It's so important to break through that though, Samantha, because studies have shown about 40% of mental health issues actually have a root in money. Wow. So it will help your mental health if you start talking about money. And when you start talking about money, I don't think you have to talk about, oh my gosh, this is how much debt I have or how much revenue I have. It could be as simple as talking about, 
hey, how do you make that financial decision? What is important to you about money? You know, and understanding even where does some of your concepts around money come from? I mean, as coaches, you're probably doing it with your clients. So it's super hard sometimes, you know, you're hugging the tree. What is it? The cobbler shoes, all those things can come into play. The other thing I think about with that regards to that is also a little bit of the negative impact that social media has on this, right? Because Mm -hmm. I think of social media and I go, it's just the carefully curated five to 10% of somebody's life. And it's freaking perfect. And I was talking to a friend of mine one time and he, I said, oh, what a great picture of your family picking apples. He said, if you had seen it 30 seconds before or 30 seconds after, you would not be saying that. (laughs) But the picture up was beautiful, right? And so I think sometimes we set our goals based on unrealistic standards from other people. I should, oh my God, that person, how many trips do they take? Why aren't I drive, traveling all the time? Mm. And so I think that those are where some of the fears come from, the shooting on yourself that I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And just being afraid of being judged because when you open the kimono and what comes out isn't where you should be, mm. then you don't necessarily go get help. Totally. And I think that that's a very vulnerable place to be because the more you keep those fears hidden and in the dark, the more they amplify. They get bigger and bigger. They do. Let's talk a little bit about the root cause before we move forward Mm -hmm. because there's all sorts of things and thoughts and beliefs and all sorts of limiting connotations that we're bringing in from our childhood. Yes. So how do you help your clients to move through this to even begin with? Because it's one thing to understand how to read, you know, the report, your P&L or how to, you know, how to read these numbers, but, or it might be, you might be someone that can make money and can't keep it. You might be someone that struggles to make money. There's all sorts of different things. So how do you help your clients to move through those limiting beliefs, right? Before you even jump into this? Well, some of it is, is that I actually, in my process, include a mini little course put on by somebody so that they have at least surfaced some of the unconscious thoughts, because I think of, I think of the unconscious thoughts, that programming you were talking about, it's kind of like a computer. We don't know the operating system, but yet it influences everything that computer does. Mm. And so if we think of our programming since childhood, it's all underlying and not, you know, I don't know what it means. So what I try and do in particular is surface some of the unconscious behaviors. So some of that might be how you're spending your money, all that type of stuff, some of your goals. And I listen very carefully to how people talk because I do ask a question in my process and it it goes like this. So we are, we've come up with the perfect plan and I say, we it's collaborative. We've done this together. It's totally going to work. Everything is great. So what's going to keep you from successfully implementing that plan? Hmm. And so I put that right out because I believe that everybody knows how they're going to self-sabotage at some point. Mm -hmm. So if they can surface that and say it out loud to me, I may be able to put something in the plan that might help them stay on track or something. I want to understand through that conversation, did they need a carrot? Or do they need a stick or do they need both to keep Uh them on track? Right. Uh Kind of listening. I have to listen on so many levels to hear some of the things that they're not telling me Mm -hmm. to help figure that out. 
One of the other things I do is I believe strongly a good financial planner not just tells you what to do, but they're going to show you how. And that's building systems and processes within yourself that will work so that you can stay on track. I like I like to automate as much as possible. But the big thing for me in my process is I come down to you on your personal side, how much can you spend every week without ever worrying about anything on your groceries, your eating out, your entertainment, your haircuts, your gifts. So I call that your lifestyle number. And because it's only one number, it's and it resets every seven days, I try and get people a little focused on a new way of doing things. So if the language I will use is to carve a new path. So I'm not trying to figure out what happened to the old path. What happened? Why is it? Why is that rut so deep? What if we just trying to build a new path? And so, cause if those ruts are really deep, I'm actually not equipped or trained on how to help you. I can show you, Hey, listen, I think it might help you to talk to someone about this. Here are some people that might be able to help you, but I'm going to be focused on the numbers and some of the behavior around that mm-hmm. to see if we can carve a new path. Mm, I love that. I love that. So I think that, you know, we talked about coaches wanting to impact and wanting to serve and you're talking there about your lifestyle number. What is a really great way for coaches to sort of tie that lifestyle number together with their impact goals? Because I think that this, this is something that you and I talked about before we started recording and it's, yeah. it's just so powerful. So I'd love you to share yeah. a little bit about this. Well, let's, let's use the airplane, airplane analogy that we hear sometimes is you should put your own oxygen mask on first, mm-hmm. right? So if you haven't, if you're not making enough money in your business that you can have the life you want, which is fulfilling and rewarding and enriching on your own soul, how are you going to be able to be there in a manner that you want for your clients, right? So I say, figure out what the cost of that is and then figure out what your business has to do to produce that. Mm. So it's tying it together and remembering that your business, yes, it is a purpose to serve, but one of those people that's supposed to serve is you and your family. Mm. I think that sometimes get lost. And so when we think about is profit good, oh my gosh, we should be relating it back to look at how many people I serve and the differences I made in their lives, not, oh my gosh, look at all the money I made. That's so bad. Yeah. Um, Because in my mind, part of the why behind the business is to fund your life. Mm -hmm. So when we think about that profit at the end of the day on your profit and loss in all of the number systems, it amplifies your purpose because if you have big profits, number one, it can enhance your personal life, but maybe you're now going to be able to invest and build more tools for your clients or do other things or other types of activities that can enhance your impact on the world. Mm. I remember speaking with a client, it was years and years ago, and she was really struggling because we were working on some visual models for her business. And I can't remember, she was obviously a coach of some sort, but when we really got down, you know, we just were going round and round in circles. And I remember saying to her, let's just stop and take a breath. What is it that you really want to do? Yeah. And she said, what I really want to do is get stray dogs in Bali and look after them. And I went, well, that's really cool. You don't need to turn that into a business, but what if your business could make enough to support you to be able to do that? And it was like a switch flicked in her head and everything just flowed from there because we were able to tie it back to what her impact was. 
And it's just so powerful to be able to do that. Yeah. So if your ideal life has family time and travel time, going over to Bali to see dogs, you know, those are the things that you want to price out and put into your ideal life. And that, you know, if we go back even to the social media things, it means you do have to be in tune with yourself and what's important to you. Because if it's not important to you, if it's a superficial measure by which you think you should be doing, mm. then it's not going to be powerful enough to motivate you to do the stuff you need to do in your business. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that can be really tough sometimes. Ooh. I love this so much. Talk to us about power numbers. This is something that is exciting to me. I've read it on your website. Uh-huh. Can you tell us what is a power number and how do we find this magical number? It is a magical number and I call it the power of choice. It's the power. It's knowing when you get to work because you love it, not because you have a mortgage or a bill to pay. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's a culmination of a whole bunch of work I do. So I figured out your lifestyle number. I figured out this number. I take that personal life and I go, okay, if this was life after work, what would you be doing? Would it still be all the same in here? What would that cost? Right? Then I can then use some software and things. And then I do my projections and I go, okay, here's what you need to have in terms of a pile of assets (laughs) in order to fund your life at the level that you want forever, Uh as long as you're on this earth. Uh And so that's what we try and figure out. Now, it could be a combination of assets. It could be a combination of that income streams, things like that, that we want to come in and figure out because there's, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of knowing of the destination and knowing that when is enough enough, I can walk away at any point. You go through another, you know, three months of, it was just, this is just not making me happy anymore. Pull trigger, Mm. right? That choice is there for you. If you know where it is and that you're definitely being deliberate and practical about getting there. Mm. Right. I love that so much. I love that. So what tips can you give us to start to figure out what that power number is? So the first step is, again, figuring out your life today. I am not a fan of the rules of thumb (laughs) that you hear sometimes that you need this percentage of your pre-retirement income, et cetera. And so what I like to do is go figure out your ideal life and then go, what's going to go away? what's going to stay the same and what's going to be added, right? If we're not working anymore, I know that my travel budget will need to increase substantially. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Right? So you want to put that number on. And I I joke about people who golf. I'm like, well, now that you have time to golf, that's going to cost more money. What's that going to cost, right? So when we first finish work, typically we're in a much more active period of time and it needs more funding. So because once we know those numbers, then it just comes down to, you know, your plain old future value of money, present value of money and knowing, okay, if we want to have that power number by this age, here's the money I have to put away and how much rate of return it needs to have for me to succeed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then it's, it's math. It's fun math because, you know, you get to see how you can influence that. So one of the ways is in the coaching world, sometimes it's a little harder, but thinking about how do I make my business sellable? 
How do I build my business bigger than me? So it has a value beyond me because that can be a significant asset towards retirement Mm. or life after work, right? Mm. So thinking about these things, thinking about residual income streams, right? That whether I'm here or not, I get this income stream coming in. You know, if I had rental properties and I was renting them out and my rent came in, that's a residual income stream that's going to come. I'm not going to say it's easy all the time. I'm just saying that on, on average, we can count on that. So if we're trying to build up a certain dollar figure of, of revenue or income that we need to be able to, to know that we've hit our power number, what are the things we're doing? Mm. One of the things I'd really encourage your listeners to do is think about, we work on our business, but are we working on our wealth mm-hmm. and being a little bit more deliberate? So thinking about the review meetings that you sometimes push off and don't do with your financial planners and advisors, because whatever, it's boring. I don't know what they're saying anyway, and turning it into a strategy session. Let's talk about that. Like, okay, what am I going to do for the next time period to get closer to my power number? Mm -hmm. Like that becomes, do you feel a different energy when you think of it like that? Mm. Right? Like, okay, I'm, I'm making forward progress. I have a goal. I'm not just going to try and make as much money as I can, you know, and boy, I'm just going to bet it all on crypto. It's being deliberate and building yourself forward so that you know what you're doing next. Should I invest this piece of money in my business or would it be better to buy a rental property or would it be better to buy stocks? Mm. Yes. Right. You can start thinking more deliberately about that stuff. And the more you participate in those meetings, the more confident you will be. Yeah. And I really love that last piece because I think that, you know, tying back to right at the beginning, we were talking about the fears. It's just this fear of the unknown. Yes. And I'm sure at some point we've all been there and at some point in the future, we'll all be there again. Yeah. But it's about just leaning into that and saying, all right, what needs to happen? The other thing that I'm pulling out of this, and I think that this is a conversation that isn't had often enough, is that you know, we often talk about knowing our numbers in our business, knowing, you know, the numbers that are coming in, what's going out, but we're not often also taking that to the next level and seeing how those numbers play into our life. So now we've got this income coming in. How do we make sure that we're looked after from not just for now, but into the future? Yes. So there's a balance of now and future as well, because Yep. It does need to be in balance, right? 100%. You talk about today and tomorrow, baby. Yeah, you talk about spending your way to financial freedom. So I'm guessing that that is, and I haven't read your book, but I'm going to guess that is something about having that balance. I 100% think that there's a line between living life for today and planning for tomorrow. And the, the hard part is it's different for a lot of folks, right? I've had clients who had significant health issues. You can be sure I more heavily weighted there today mm-hmm. in our planning, right? But I think that sometimes we forget because I think of today, if we overspend today, tomorrow, tomorrow might not be so pretty, right? Because we've we've spent our tomorrow already. We may have debt, we're not, we didn't save up, and tomorrow might never come. So that's where we have to come up with that balance. Because what is the point of saving, saving, saving? And then something happens and you actually don't get to enjoy it. Mm. And I think some people who get into that save, save, save always sometimes forget to turn it back on and have fun with it. Right. Mm. Because when there is life after work or let's call it retirement, 
you have to flick a switch because now you're not saving money, you're spending it. And it can be tremendously hard to feel comfortable and know what can I spend and not worry about it, right? Mm, Totally, because that's a whole different perspective when you know that the next paycheck, I guess, isn't coming in. It's coming from your dividends or what some of your investments, it's not coming from the your labor. Mm, mm, totally, totally. So what are some of the barriers that prevent business owners from not putting this planning into place? I think a lot of it is, some of it for sure is time. Mm-hmm. So and priorities. And when we look at the fact that as business owners, a lot of time we're dealing with stuff that's urgent and on fire. Mm -hmm. This is non fire until it's on fire. Mm. So, you know, how can we make sure that it never goes on fire? So that means that we have to be deliberate about taking the time to do the work. And I don't think it has to be that significant. I think it can be, you know, you talk to me about, you know, an hour a week or an hour, every couple of weeks, that would be sufficient no doubt, to be on top of things and know what you want to do and make sure you're doing the right things. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in our day-to-day and we're running from place to place that we don't give ourselves that space. So my first recommendation is put it in the calendar. Mm. Make an appointment with yourself to have that meeting. Mm. You know, when I talk to business owners, I'm like, pick two days a month, put it in your calendar for at least an hour, sometimes two, Here's your agenda that you're going to talk about with yourself. Me, myself, and I, we have great meetings. (laughs) 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 But thinking about knowing what you're going to think about, what you're going to look at, that gives you confidence, check marks, et cetera, all those things that make us feel super good about progress, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing that what you look at, what you measure, and what you pay attention to, it does, it goes faster, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. starts to progress faster because you're actually paying attention to it it's not the poor elephant in the room anymore yeah you brought it out and you love it totally you hug it (laughs) you hug it (laughs) you give it a big warm hug hug your numbers they love you love them back (laughs) now you obviously got training in this yeah what tips can you give people that are listening and go all right I'm going to pull myself out from under the rug. I'm going to make this personal meeting with myself, but I don't have the background that Wendy has. Where do I begin? Because it's not just about making the time. There's also, all right, well, now I've made the time and I'm sitting here, but now what? So first off, I think when you're looking at your numbers, part of what you have to think about is what is important and what are you measuring, right? Because at the end of the day, our numbers are a lagging indicator of all the activities we've done over that last period of time. Mm -hmm. So what are the important ones to measure? Well, obviously a lot of times it's sales, right? We have to understand our sales and understanding how many sales do we need to do based on our current cost structure to get to where I want to get to and then breaking it down. So if you had to sell three coaching packages a month, what helps you do that What also helps in your mind is that when you hit three, you don't have to keep grinding and hustling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything after that for that particular period of time could be extra, which is bonus, or you can focus on other things that will make it easier to get the next three sales. Yeah. Right. And I think that comes down to when is enough enough, right? Because it can be on a couple of different levels. So you can start with making sure what's important to you. So if it's number of packages, 
Now let's go look at your profit and loss. Does it show? Can you really figure out what you sold based on how you are showing your information? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to have a good bookkeeper slash accountant who works with a lot of entrepreneurs and understands the importance of measuring and helping you make sure you're measuring the right things. Mm -hmm. They should go over those statements with you as often as you want. And it could be the exact same information every time, but you have to ask questions every time and having them lead you through it. What I find is I tell my clients this all the time. I'm going to explain this to you until you get it. Okay. And what I know to be true is you're only going to pick up a little bit of it every time. So every time something else will stick Mm -hmm. and something Mm -hmm. else will make sense, but we're going to talk about the same stuff until it's all there. Mm, layer learning. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, is that if I talk about my profit and loss or my balance sheet and my retained earnings and all that stuff, I mean, if you only hear it once, you're not going to retain that. Mm. So it needs to be over a period of time where it's constantly done. And they should, your team of professionals should be able to provide you some materials as well to help you educate you on pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. So get the people to help us so that you're not taking the trip on your own. Absolutely. Definitely do it that way. Love it. Now I know talking about help, you have a financial wealth diagnostic that you Mm. have. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? Certainly. It is a very quick assessment you can take. It takes five, 10 minutes, It's 15 questions. But what we're assessing in there is your, your mindset, Mm-hmm. We're going to look at your foundational systems and also the activities you're doing. And we look at those and we give you a score at hundred, but you get a customized report at the end that will actually tell you how you're doing and what you can do to improve in those areas. In that report, we also include an invitation to join us on our entrepreneur roundtable, where we go deeper, go deeper into the levers of wealth and seeing where are you now and what are the things you can be doing to improve. Love that. It's not yeah. even just always about the money. It's about systems and processes mm. that, can, that can accelerate. I'm a big believer in systems and processes. They're so much easier to replicate when you don't need to think about them. So where can we go to find that financial wealth diagnostic? You can go to total wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H score.com. It's super easy to sign up and get your report. Beautiful. And of course, as always, we'll put that link in the show notes over at influencedbydesignpodcast.com. Wendy, it's been absolutely fantastic to chat with you today. Where are you on the socials so that we can sort of follow along and learn more about what you're doing? Probably the best place is to go find me on LinkedIn. So that's just Wendy Brookhouse on LinkedIn. And we post, you know, blog posts and information. Also, I have a podcast. So you see my episodes. We'll find yours there as well when it comes up, but definitely approaching money from a different attitude, trying to be a little bit more relatable and less industry speak. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Makes it accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Wendy, this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. I think it's something that we all should be talking about. What is the one thing that you want to leave listeners with today about this topic? Finance is serious doesn't mean you cannot have fun doing it if you can gamify it in some way. And the more you spend time with your numbers, the more you spend time being comfortable with money and what profit means, 
you will definitely change the world and just how you do that. And there was a mic drop moment, all of the things, let's make it fun. We can change the world. We do need money to be able to live our in, you know, desired life and, and live on purpose. So love all of this. Wendy, thank you so much for coming onto the show and sharing all of your value. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.